This is Verse Curious, the podcast of new poetry reviews. I'm Benjamin Landry. Taken down from the bookshelf today is Holmes by Moheb Salomon, published by Coffeehouse Press in June 2022. In late summer of 2014, we went to the beach in Lorain, Ohio. We had recently moved to Oberlin for my spouse's short-term teaching gig, and after a scorching summer of unpacking and rearranging, we wanted quiet and calm. We had been watching the weather forecast, readying our cooler and beach chairs, but when we arrived at the shore of Lake Erie, we discovered that most of Cleveland had had the same idea. The shore was crowded, steeper than we had imagined, and the sand was coarse and wreathed with trash. Our two-year-old chased after the fat seagulls and latched onto one of the ancient drink straws sloshing at the edge of the mild surf. We had lived for several years in Michigan, had visited the shores of Lakes Michigan and Huron, but we did not grow up on the Great Lakes. We would come to realize that the lakes were ailing. That summer, Lake Erie was frequently untouchable, not because of the debris floating at its surface, but as a result of massive toxic algae blooms the product of sewage and agricultural runoff exacerbated by the elevated water temperature that was the result of climate change. I remember being struck by the frustrated potential of the trip to the beach. The tension there was pervasive, as though we could all sense the relief the beach should provide, in contrast to the degraded reality. A few months later, Tamir Rice was shot by police less than 25 miles from this spot. Moheb Salomon would have recognized the shore of the lake as the apparently picturesque but also contested site, a place where profound geological, social, ecological, commercial, and historical forces combine and pull apart. In Holmes, Huron, Ontario, Michigan, Erie Superior, Salomon invites us on an extensive road trip around the Canadian and American perimeter of the lakes. We are packed into his trusty but battered Toyota Corolla, staying in motels and campsites and unofficial parkland, where we evade both the authorities and private property owners intent on their exclusive access to the coastline. The prevailing structure here is the prose poem, and in relying on it, Solomon telegraphs his preference for the narrative, however fragmented by wind, wave, and stop action of road trip photography. The poems are generous, often written from the first person plural, which nominally includes an actual companion, but more universally seeks out the hand of the reader. The lakes, too, have their subjectivities, and Solomon depicts them in the only way he can, in language and in human terms. In A North Shore, he catalogues, Rivers have mouths, lakes have bodies. Their non-stingy, binging, always purging, gorgeous, kiss going straight to the hips of the lake mouths, bodies alongside, People, rivers, lakes, all have beds. In his projections, Solomon risks romanticizing the lakes, but the upside is that they capture and maintain our attention for other purposes, by, for instance, obliterating any sense of a distinction between the personal and the political, or, in the poem Driving North from Columbus, making clear that in spite of the vast destruction wreaked on the lakes by human habitation, pointing out that the lake still brings to bear vast powers. Man, the island, move. Fauna, flora, move, move. Trunks in the water, move. Rock, wave, sand, bed. Move, 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 move. As an American of Egyptian ancestry, taking a route that deliberately crosses the artificial borders of nationhood, 
Solomon and his travels are impelled by considerations of belonging. He knows that the land and water over which he travels most rightly belongs to First Nation peoples, making it at least doubly ironic when he is met with racist, inane, reflexive American hostility. Elsewhere, he notes at one tourist site, the Coke machine choked with Sacagawea dollars and waters out of order. The lake is fresh if you want to filter it. A self-poisoning consumerism, a nation's token gesture at acknowledging its genocidal past, and generations of rapacious development which have rendered the lake water suspect, all combine to stop the thirsty tourist in their tracks. Holmes chronicles these multi-layered breakdowns, which communicate with one another in a startling variety of combinations. It is doomy and realistic, and yet somehow also ecstatic in the way these impulses strike the brain and body. It is also limber and bemused. Solomon refers to the rusting industrial equipment found everywhere on the lakes, which still are profound commercial roots, as perishabilia. He strings together lines using the by now thoroughly familiar hinge technique, where a word serves as the pivot point for significantly different meanings in the clauses preceding and following it. The writing is susceptible to the pun and the deliberate elision, in a teasing and familiar rather than an irksome way. There are obligatory misty interludes at Niagara and your mama jokes. The beauty visible in glimpses throughout the road trip is always balanced by the somewhat feverish impulse to cover distances. Solomon ends one late poem with a simple directive, Next! There are virtuosic moments as well, as when Solomon improvises lake lyrics to an imagined Nirvana song. I found most touching Solomon's admission in the collection's final poem. Yet in all that splendor I'd suddenly desired the highway sidelands, the cattails with the pop cans in a creek, not pristine, juxtaposed to the road and drafts of cars, the contaminated scene. As devoted as he is to the lakes, Solomon is most beguiled by the human trace. He wants the lakes to thrive as points of contact, a position which, given our unrelenting enthusiasms, may not be possible. So why does Holmes matter? Because through its restless churn, poems come like new songs with the miles, and who can resist the pull of the road trip? Solomon reminds us that, while the implications of borders are real, they are also absurd, for the water which washes across these borders will not be pinned down. And finally, Holmes is a rich work, testifying that even in the distressed state in which we find the earth, there are stories of adventure which, with care and patience, might still be heard above the lap of water, the cries of birds, and even the highway hum of international bridge spans. That's it for this episode of First Curious. Much gratitude to Deborah Sedell for our theme music, with production assistance from Ryan Miller. If you have enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, share, and consider donating via the button on the Verse Curious Red Circle homepage with my thanks in advance. See you next time.